Welcome into another episode of a Cali Green Monster show. I am your host, Dean Ryan, coming to you here from the Tesla Studios in beautiful, sunny San Diego, California. It is a feel-good Friday, April 23rd, 2021. Got a nice show lined up for you today. There's a big UFC card, UFC 261. That'll be on tomorrow, Saturday, April 24th. It's going to be headlined by three title fights. You know, not one, not two, three fucking title fights. So it's definitely going to be worth the money. Definitely worth your time. UFC, you know, has really been bringing it in 2021 with cards almost every single weekend. And so it is impressive that they can put on such a stat card, you know, for pay-per-view and making it worth our hard-earned pay-per-view dollars to spend. So I'm definitely going to cover that, tell you who I think is going to win, you know, who to place your money on in each fight or at least for the three title fights. You know, before I go into that, I definitely want to highlight some scumbag YouTube personality that if you follow, you know, football or, you know, follow just on the internet, just follow sports, this guy's probably popped up in your feed. He's probably popped up on on Sports Center a few times because he's a big Phillies fan and anytime something big happens, a lot of times people post this dude's reactions. So I want to fucking highlight this scumbag at some point. But before I do all that, you know, and before I even debut a new intro to the UFC segment, which will be a nice palate cleanser after talking about a creepy fucking YouTube personality. I just want to say thank you to everyone that downloaded and listened to episode 76. So far, it's been my most downloaded and listened to episode to date. You know, within 24 hours, I think I had doubled the downloads of that episode than I've had of any other previous episode. So I had great feedback. So thank you to everyone that's reached out to me. Thank you, everyone that downloaded the episode. And uh, thank you to everyone that took the time to listen to it. You know, like I had mentioned at the end of the episode, if you enjoy what you're listening to, be a friend. Tell a friend. Let's try to grow the Akali Green Monster Show community. You know, let's take over this fucking world, you know. So, you know, I could feel that I'm getting some sort of accomplishment while sitting in my car every morning before work and bringing you some awesome, hard-hitting content. So, you know, let's dig into today's show. So, as I mentioned, there's a YouTube personality that, you know, I'm... It's not like I follow him or subscribe to any of his pages, but he's definitely someone I recognized over the past couple years. You know, the Philadelphia Phillies had one Super Bowl recently. Carson Wentz is always in the news. And, you know, the, I think any team in the NFC East always gets a lot of coverage just because their fan bases are so huge and passionate. So the person I'm talking about is this guy EDP. I think his full name is EDP445. So he's this like really obese, fat, black Philadelphia Phillies or Eagles fan. And, you know, he's kind of known for having his big rants, whether they're to brag about something good that the Eagles did or to fucking bitch about, you know, how they choked, which is probably, I imagine, a majority of his videos because the Eagles fucking stink. But this dude. It popped up on my like Facebook page today. I guess yesterday he was exposed for being a big fat pedophile, and like you know, I mean, I guess big fat literally. There's a lot of literal. <laughs> yeah, you know, his name's EDP. Apparently, it's supposed to be for eat the pussy, but no, it's like it's for Ed the pedophile because he's a straight fucking pedophile. It was these groups of like. You know, I've seen these video, like similar videos on social media where these amateur, you know, it's not cops. It's basically like, you know, buddies that like get together to, 
you know, put up like sting operations to catch pedophiles, like trying to meet up with little kids and stuff like that. So this group was a group called the Predator Poachers. I think they have an Instagram page where they do this, you know, they catch a bunch of creepy fucking dudes trying to meet underage kids. And they totally caught this dude trying to meet a 13 year old girl at an apartment complex in Bakersfield. So this guy, you know, his, his name's, you know, EDP 445. His real name is Bryant Moreland, 30 year old from it, from Bakersfield. And I don't feel bad about making this public because that guy's a scumbag piece of shit. And I think people need to know that he's a fucking pedophile and a complete predator and tries to prey on fucking kids. You know, when I looked online, you know, it's funny cause I wasn't even planning on talking about this, but then like, you know, the video popped up on my, you know, social media this morning, I started watching it and this thing's like a 50 minute video. So it basically took up like a majority of like my prep time that I do for this show because believe it or not, you know, this podcast, it is just me just sitting in my car. I don't really edit it. It's just more kind of like a one shot off the cuff. Let me go. But there is at least, you know, I, I need some time to be able to look up stuff and sound like I know everything that's going on in the sports world just right off the top of my mind so there is work that goes into making me sound like I know everything but basically I ended up watching this video of them you know setting up a sting operation for this piece of shit guy and ended up taking up like most of my morning and it was just it's one of those things I just couldn't turn off because I was unbelievable at like it was almost like a sobering reminder of the fucking scumbags there are in this world and i don't know if maybe me being a parent has made me even more hyper aware of shit like this but it was just disgusting to kind of hear they were able to get him to admit to so much shit and they had so many like they had pages and pages of conversation that this guy had with what he believed to be a 13 year old girl. I think at the time they only had like 50 pages of and I'm saying only so 50 pages worth of text message conversations of pictures of pictures that he sent of pictures that he asked for. And they said that they had like 80 more um pages of conversation that they didn't even bring and they would basically ask him questions like is this the only time and he'd be like no and then they'd push further and then he'd admit that like oh there was a 15 year old girl before and then like he would deny stuff and then he they just keep pushing and they would just keep getting him to admit to stuff it was insane it was fucking gross you know they were even asking him like do you think you deserve to go to jail and he'd be like yeah i think i do like you know i'm like i need help or whatever so at the end they basically were like all right, here, call the cops. Like, tell them, like, what you did, like, what we were doing here, and, like, go get help. And he's just, like, you know, basically begging with these guys. And it's fucking gross. Like, you know, it's almost like he was, like, asking for sympathy in the situation, kind of being, like, my life's over and stuff. And it's like, yeah, damn right, motherfucker. Like, that's so sick. Like, they were literally just, like, you know, he was – they even got him to admit that, you know, is it is the law the only reason that's keeping you, like – from not pursuing 13 year olds and 14 year olds. And he's like, yeah, like it was just like, this guy's fucking gross. They even asked him like, Oh, well, so you thought she was 13. Well, like, what if you, th what if you thought she, or what if you found out she was 12 years old and he's all like, Oh, I'd go throw up in the sink. And it's like, what the fuck? Like that makes you sick. But a 13 year old was okay. Fuck this guy. I hope he goes to jail. I hope they fucking they throw him in the yard and tell everybody why the fuck he's there. So sick. You know, fuck him. 
you know, you know, Philadelphia Eagles fans and, you know, Philadelphia sports fans, you guys aren't, you know, don't have the best reputation, but dude, this guy should not be associated with you. Cause this guy's a different level of fucking scumbag. I even feel bad for even trying to associate the, you know, the, the normal Philadelphia sports fan scumbagness with this, because this is, this guy was a monster, you know, I, you know, I'm kind of I'm glad I watched the video. I'm glad I saw it because like as I said, it's a sobering reminder that these fucking predators, these monsters are out there. And so, you know, parents, dude, fucking protect your kids cuz you know, there's so many of these amateur like pedophile sting operations that happen that it, it just makes you think of all the ones that don't all these dudes that don't get caught. It's so gross that there are so many of these fucking people out there. So, you know, maybe not the most fun topic or conversation to you know lead off our feel good friday episode but you know it was definitely something where i was like you know i I feel like i need to share and put this fucking dude on blast the edp 445 bryant moreland from bakersfield fuck you so all right let's transition all right like i had mentioned at the very beginning where i'm going to debut a new intro song to any UFC segment, whether it be a preview for a pay-per-view or for reviewing a pay-per-view. I feel like this will be a good palate cleanser after talking about that piece of shit. So here you go. Intro to a Cali Green Monster Show's UFC section. Hit it. happy that I made that fucking song or at least put that shit together because I don't know about you it just fucking got my adrenaline pumping I'm ready to talk about some ultimate fighting fucking championship we have got UFC 261 tomorrow headlined by three title fights not one not two but three fucking title fights hell yeah the men's 170 pound welterweight championship will be contested in a rematch between Kamaru Usman and Jorge Masvidal. We also have the women's strawweight with Zhang Wei Li and Rose Namajunas, 115-pound championship right there. And we've got the 125-pound weight championship between uh, Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andraj. I'm not going to lie. Between the lo- really lower weight classes, I was like, I think it's the flyweight is the 115 and the straw weight is 125 either way fucking 115 125 pound women's belts are both on the line and the men's 170 so let's fucking get into it 
the main event, Kamaru Usman, Jorge Masvidal Dos. This is a rematch of their fight from July of 2020. So I think a lot of people, you know, Jorge Masvidal himself, you know, have chalked that up, that performance, you know, where he took it on, I think, six days notice. The whole story and narrative behind that is he gets six days to lose 20 pounds. And this was in addition to him flying from Miami to Las Vegas, from Las Vegas to Abu Dhabi. So in all that time, all that travel, having to deal with all the COVID protocols, Jorge Masvidal's had to deal with all that stuff. So, you know, he's been talking about, hey, if I was able to go five rounds with the champ on no training camp and having to drain myself to lose the weight, imagine what a training, full training camp and being completely ready for this dude. You know, imagine what I'm going to do. And, you know, that is kind of... You know, I think that's a good narrative. I think that's a good way to motivate yourself. I wouldn't expect anything less of, you know, a competitive MMA fighter or a cage fighter or just an athlete in general. You know, you have to have that belief and, you know, be able to justify maybe why you came up short before and justify why you're going to be able to come out on top in a future endeavor. However, I don't see this fight going much different. You know, while Jorge Masvidal is, you know, an excellent striker, you know, he's he's some he's a veteran. He's been about two decades in the sport. He's someone I've been watching for definitely over ten years. You know, he was in Bodog fights. He was back when Strike Force, you know, coming in and UFC. So he's just been around, you know, and up until, you know, over the past couple of years, he definitely, you know, I would consider him more of a journeyman dude, but you know, beating people like like Till and and Ben Askren and you know, so he's a tough dude and he's definitely made himself a star over these past couple of years. Definitely that flying knee knockout and especially when he gave Leon Edwards a three piece in a soda back in backstage when he was giving an interview. So, you know, just his personality and the fact that, you know, he's the real fucking deal. <coughs> he's kind of a legend in the community. Based off his, you know, street fighting credentials with the back with Kimbo Slice and stuff, but and that's the thing. I think that Jorge Masvidal, he's definitely a good fighter. You know, he's had epic moments, but he's definitely. I just don't think he's on Usman's level. Usman, someone's in his prime. He's definitely someone. You know, I think that George St. Pierre is the greatest fighter of all time. So let alone the greatest welterweight of all time. I think he's the greatest MMA fighter of all time, but. I think you can't deny it. Kamaru Usman's on a type of run that if he can keep this kind of shit going for a while, which I think he can, I don't see this train stopping. I think Kamaru Usman has the potential to put himself in the greatest of all time debate. He's got underrated striking. He's got excellent, you know, clinch and wrestling. You know, he's got cardio. He's tough. So, you know, and he's a, it's like he's almost basically wiped out the 170 pound division. You know, you've got Dana White saying that Colby Covington's next. So it's almost like Usman's now about to do what George St. Pierre did. He's about to go through the 170-pound weight class a second time. You know, so while Masvidal's dangerous and he's been able to handle wrestlers, you know, like I said, Ben Askren, one of the most decorated and probably arguably one of the best MMA wrestlers of all time since he was so one-dimensional. That's what made his wrestling so good. You know, he was obviously able to handle that. But, I mean, that was kind of a... I don't know how many times you fight Ben Askren and are able to pull off that thing. That's probably a, you know, one in a hundred move, you know. I some people might argue, no, he was practicing that, but I think at the end of the day it was just one I bet you Jorge Masvidal, no matter how he plays it off, I bet you he was like 
you know, I bet you there was some surprise that, holy shit, that flying knee worked as well as it did. You know, Kamaru Usman, I think, is too good. I think he's too tough. I think he's going to be able to grind this thing out. I think he's going to make it a dirty fight, you know, and I think he's going to be able to decision him. So, you know, while I probably would want Masvidal, you know, I like Masvidal better. I like the realness of him, so I like his personality better. I think Kamaru Usman comes off as pretty cheesy sometimes, but it's undeniable. Kamaru Usman is the king at 170, and I don't really see Masvidal being the one to do it. If you, you know, I've said in shows leading up to this over the past month or two that I thought Colby Covington rematch, I thought that was the fight that I want to see. I thought he gave Usman such a tough fight in their first go around. So, you know, I think if he does get past Masvidal, I'm really fucking looking forward to, you know, a rematch with Covington. In the 115-pound title match, we got Zhang Wei Li. She's defending her belt against Thug Rose Namajunas. You know, Zhang Wei Li, she's someone that, you know, if you look at her her overall MMA record, she started off 0-1, but since then she is 21-1, so she's rattled off 21 straight victories, and she's 5-0 in the UFC. She's fast. She's strong. You know, she has an exciting striking style. You know, she's she's been a good champ. She's uh, China's first ever UFC title holder. And if you look back at her cup, last couple fights, they were awesome. You know, she won the belt against Jessica Andrade, and it was a TKO in the first round. I think that card was in China, so she won it in front of her country. And it was a violent finish. You know, she clipped Andrade with a, a punch. And then she proceeded to put her in a Muay Thai clinch and blast that bitch with knees. And, you know, it was over, I think, within the minute. So, epic fight. Violent finish. And then her first defense of her belt was against Joanna Jojacek. You know, Joanna not champion. And they had the fight of the year, 2020. You know, it was at UFC... What number was that? UFC... Why am I? Uh, UFC 248. That was in March of 2020. And if I believe correctly, that was the last UFC card that was done in front of a crowd before COVID-19 shut down, you know, public, you know, audience for live sporting events. So, you know, it was an amazing fight. If you haven't seen it, please look at like seek it out. You know, Joanna Jojacek, Zhang Wei Li, they go all five rounds. It's a war. They beat the shit out of each other. Um, you know, Wei Li won via split decision. So, you know, no, it was it was amazing. That's the only way to describe it. And, you know, there's not really much more to say, but to if you haven't seen it, go check it out. You know, and Rose Namajuna, she's someone who's been in the UFC for a good while now. She, you know, entered the UFC in, two, in 2014. She was part of, if you don't remember, the Ultimate Fighter. They were debuting the, you know, the new women's belt, the new women's division, the 115. And she was part of that inaugural class. And, you know, she made it all the way to the finals where she lost to Carla Esparza. You know, she was the favorite going into that. But, you know, she got beat. But, you know, over the next couple of years, she established herself as a fan favorite. People love watching Rose Namajunas fight. She's an exciting fighter. She does a lot of movement. And, you know, she does finishes, whether it's by submission or with her, you know, with her striking. And she pulled off a huge upset at in, in November 2017, where she took the belt from Joanna Jacek. I remember before that fight, I was telling people that Joanna was a, like a machine and that she was going to she was going to. I thought she was going to whoop Rose. You know, I thought Rose was going to be, you know, too, you know, she's so stoic and has such almost like a, 
you know, she's gotten, she's, she buzzes her head. She really speaks like philosophically. And, you know, I just thought that Joanna, she was just like, almost like I'm the boogeyman. I'm going to eat you. Like, it just seemed like she, and she had been doing that to everybody, just beating the shit out of people. And no, dude, Rose knocked her out right away in the first round. And then she beat her in April of 2018 in the rematch, went all five rounds. So, you know, she made it undeniable that it wasn't just a lucky fluke knockout that she was, she was better than Joanna. And, you know, so, so she's won the belt before. You know, she lost it to Jessica Andrade. Jessica Andrade, man, fucking picked her up and slammed her on her head. I think it was in the first round. So, you know, she, it was kind of, you know, I think leading up to that slam, she was doing pretty good. And she got the chance, you know, last year in July of 2020 to get a rematch with Andrade and beat her by split decision. You know, it was a three-round three non-title fight. And so you might be wondering, like, well, Dean, like, Andrade beat her for the belt. How is that a non-title fight? And it's because Andrade, like I had mentioned, she she got beat by Zhang Wei Li and got beat in the first round very violently. So, you know, Andrade, or you know, we're not here. You know, we're not here to talk about Andrade. We're still talking about Rose. So, you know, Rose getting to, you know, uh, what would you say? Uh, drawing a blank here rose getting to get that victory back against andrage i think that's that's pretty good you know any any fighter especially being able to get a violent knockout and to come back and beat that same person i think that's great for psychology you know great for the momentum and you know so i think rose namajunas is probably coming into this fight confident and she's coming in you know with guns blazing with you know, kind of bringing a storyline into this fight. You know, when this fight was first announced, I kind of had, you know, moderate excitement for it. It was more, I was more excited for the card than I was for the actual fight. But then you got Rose bringing in the Rocky Four narrative, the, you know, capitalist versus communism being like, you know, Zhang Weili must be, is a chill chick, but, you know, she's representing China. She's representing communism and I hate communism. You know, her, her family had to leave, you know, had to immigrate out of the Soviet Union. And, you know, so she's definitely kind of doing the, you know, this is, you know, capitalism versus communism. And while I love that narrative, you know, fuck yeah, go Rose, go America. I think Weili's going to do it. You know, I think that, you know, while Rose has is good on her feet and she has lots of movement, I think Wei Li's the, you know, she's still the chick. And I don't think that Namajuna is going to be able to knock her off. So, you know, we'll see. But if I had to put my money on it, I'm doing Wei Li by decision. I wouldn't even be surprised if she finished Rose at some point. But, you know, I, I guess it's, you know, I'm not, I'm not ready to call my shot, I guess, on a TKO or KO on this, you know, not yet. But the next fight, I might, you know, point to the fence and be like, okay, this is where it's going to happen. So the, the other title fight, it's Valentina Shevchenko and Jessica Andrade. Andrade has got her name dropped a few since she has fights against Namajunas and Zhang Li, But she finds herself in another title fight, this time for the 125-pound championship. You know, across the cage, she's going to be facing, you know, arguably the second best pound-for-pound women fighter in the game right now with Valentina Shevchenko. You know, she's a well-decorated Muay Thai and just kickboxer in general. She's defended her belt four times. You know, she's the inaugural 125-pound champion. You know, her and Joanna Jocicek fought it out for 
the inaugural belt and she won. She's only lost twice in the UFC and both times were decisions to Amanda Nunes. I've said in the past that I think the only person that could probably beat Amanda Nunes is Valentina Shevchenko. She's just that damn good. And I think, you know, it's just like her dominant her and Amanda Nunes' dominances of their respective divisions has, in my opinion, kind of made those divisions just not very competitive because I feel like they're both so much better than the rest of the competition. You know, she's definitely going to have her hands full with Andrade because Andrade, she packs a lot of power. I mean, she literally freaking dumped Rose Namajunas on her head for, you know, almost like Rampage Jackson style, that kind of knockout. And then in her last fight, she fought in October of 2020 against Caitlin Chukagian. Probably fucked that name up, but, you know, it was like a TKO with body shots. So, like, dude, she definitely packs power in her fists, and she's definitely going to be dangerous. Shevchenko's going to have to use all of her kickboxing skill and movement to stay away from that power, but I think she's definitely going to be able to do it. And if anything, I think she's going to finish Andrade. You know, Andrade definitely, she's dangerous, but, you know, I think she's a little bit more wild. And I think Shevchenko, you know, she's so polished on the feet. And I could see her clipping her. So when I said I'm going to call my shot in one of these fights, this is it. I think that Shevchenko gets the TKO in the second round. You know, so, but either way, I think Shevchenko wins this fight. I don't see any crazy upsets. You know, looking back at my picks, I've got all three of the champs retaining. So we'll see how that goes. I feel like I've been pretty, pretty good with my picks so far. But, you know, over the. I, I, I meant to kind of go through all my picks and kind of, you know, just to kind of back up the strength or the validity of, hey, my UFC picks have been doing good. So maybe next week we'll lead off the show with a, you know, 2021 track record of the Cali Green Monster Show's UFC picks. But yeah, so the three title fights, we've got Usman by decision, we've got Zhang Wei Li by decision, and we got Shevchenko round two TKO, or just Shevchenko for the win just in general so and you know it's gonna be a dope card looking forward to watching it I think we also got Uriah Hall and Chris Chris Weidman on the card Chris Weidman you know the dude that dethroned Anderson Silva hasn't had the best run of late I think his last fight was a loss to Dominic Reyes at the light heavyweight division so he's coming back down to middleweight and you know I think this is a good matchup for for him against Uriah Hall I think he gets the win you know I'm like I've said in the past, I usually do pick the wrestler over the striker. And I think Weidman is good enough on the feet and needs this win to basically stay in the UFC. So I'm going with Weidman. And hell yeah, UFC 261. That's just one of the things to get look forward to this weekend. There's lots of stuff. I think Falcon and the Winter Soldier, their finales tonight. I'm a couple episodes behind, but that's something. So if you're watching that... Hope you enjoyed that. Got Mighty Ducks Episode 5 that debuted today. And HBO Max bringing the fire. Mortal Kombat's out today. So I'm definitely going to be watching that. And I'm probably going to put out maybe, you know, a Mortal Kombat only review. Just because I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully it doesn't fucking stink. You know, I feel like things when you overhype something. Like, I'm definitely overhyping this movie to myself. will probably be disappointing. But, you know, hopefully not. I'm expecting violence, and if I get a lot of violence and Mortal Kombat gore, I will be completely content. So until next time, I hope everyone enjoys their Friday, enjoys their weekend. I will talk to you next week, or I might do something this weekend. 
never know. I don't want to hold myself to the, you know, too accountable for bringing you guys something. As always, I appreciate everyone that takes the time to download and listen to the show. If you enjoyed what you listened to, please be a friend, tell a friend. If not, just uh, pretend you never listened to the show. I don't. Th- if you didn't like this show, I, I'm sh- I doubt you're even at this part of the show. But until next time, I've been Dean Ryan. This has been a Cali Green Monster show. Have a great one, guys. Peace.